Hello. Hello back. Hello, hello, hello. And if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Oh, are we going to bring that guy up? I love Truman. The movie was good. Jim Carrey's story, even. Maybe we should recommend that. Yeah, let's talk about Jim Carrey this episode. Yeah, why not? The whole thing. Let's scrap it. Yeah. He doesn't uh, He doesn't do CrossFit, I don't think. I mean, just judging from the outside of his life. Yeah, but anyway. If he uh, did, he would make it fun. Yes. That dude's kind of crazy. You know what he doesn't but have? I love him. You know what Jim Carrey doesn't have a problem with? Uh, impingement. <laughs> that guy is into physical comedy. Yes. So if no you, holds barred. Yeah, if you were to pick like a, a Kelly Sturette in the acting world, it'd probably be Jim Carrey. Totally knew who that was. I'm, you were just talking about. There's a really cool Jim Carrey story about uh, manifestation. Have you guys heard it? No. Mm-mm. You should tell it to us afterwards. Yeah, I'll tell it to you later. <laughs> well, we, we don't have time. We That's don't have the time. producer's nice way of saying, no, no, no. Don't go that far off the reservation. We'll talk I, about it another day. Yeah, so we're back for our second episode. Injuries. Yes, talking about injuries. The CrossFit's going to kill you. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, or all the guys are like, oh, I love CrossFit. It keeps me in business. I'm like, all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think the uh, the modern way of life is yes. keeping you in business. It is. Uh, the CrossFit can just be the thing that allows people to go, oh my gosh, I have been slumping over a desk for 37 years. Yes. You know, that's that's the problem. So, wow. you, yeah. You, you hit it. You, that's you, right. You summed it up. Well, the whole episode? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, I'm just bringing real life examples of, of Hunter uh, talking to me about. I don't like being attacked like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, man, these pull-ups, something's really getting me on the rig today. And Hunter's like, I think it's that nine hours you spent in front of your MacBook today. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. all right, get out of my face. <laughs> uh, so, all right, so we're taking the conversation just a, a little step further. We've we've broken down last episode the difference between pain that leads to the need for maintenance and injury, what, what traumatic injury actually is here in the pop, as we say. This episode, we're going to talk about the top three most common things that that we experience Mm -hmm. or hear from people who are involved with the Coyote Fitness family. Maybe how to attack those, how to fix those. Uh, Hunter, your experience with athletes is really going to prove valuable here as we have this conversation. Yeah, so real quick, I want to talk about why um, this pain injury happens. It's because, like I talked about last episode, overuse overuse of muscles by protecting itself. That happens to so many people because of our modern lifestyle of sitting. We sit, we're hunched over, we're looking at our phones, we're driving um, our shoulders around and forward and our hips get tight. So when that happens, we can't access the muscles we need to do to, to use to be able to do certain movements. So um, when somebody comes to the gym, when they first start, if they haven't been working out, they have set their body up in a way that they can't perform functional movements without injury. That's why so many people get hurt, like working in their yard or picking up a box or putting something over their head. It's because their body can't perform functional movement like it should um, because of the way they've been living their life and how much sitting they've done over the years. And so that's something that first we have to correct with people. And second, it's not you lifting a barbell over your head 20 times that cause injury. It's the years and years of you, um, in poor postures and poor habits that does not allow your body to be able to do that. This is why you use phrases like people are quad dominant. Yes. Yeah. They very weak glutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not because they didn't spend time as a high school athlete. Right. It's because they've been living the modern mm-hmm. uh, lifestyle. That's a lot of sitting, a lot of hunched over looking at screens. Yeah. And, and a lot of time for most people, by the time you get to high school, you, how many, 
hours and hours, probably a year's worth of sitting you've accumulated, starting at a very young age, sitting in a desk. Look at a kid um, on the playground. They perform, uh, my nieces, their squats are perfect. Picture perfect squat. They can put their arms up over the head, whatever. But you take the kid and you start putting him in school and start sitting in a chair. By the time they're eight or nine, like the difference between a four-year-old and a nine-year-old squat is mind-boggling. There's kids in our kids' class that can't squat without their chest parallel to the ground because they all they do is sit all day every day and they're so mm. running forward that their hips are tight and so from four to nine they've already set themselves up for a lifetime of injury if they haven't um if they don't know what to do to fix it so the three main issues we're going to talk about today are the shoulders the low back and the knee those are by far the three things we see the most of check check and um, check so number one let's talk about shoulders why does that happen let's talk about shoulders baby, baby. <laughs> it just we had to yeah, yeah. sorry yeah. uh shoulders around and forward from all the sitting if you're sitting look look at your posture right now yeah if you're driving your your shoulders are probably slumped forward okay when our shoulders around and forward like that we cannot externally rotate our shoulders to use our lats okay so our lats are meant to be the biggest mover in our upper body okay um that's our body doesn't just use them for pull-ups which is what people think that's all it is for we're using it when we're in the front rack we're using it when we're taking the bar to stabilize overhead um we're actually using when we're pressing we're using when we're doing push-ups and bench press our lats are the biggest mover in our upper body but what happens is people's shoulders get so forward they can't really access their lats very well, um, and they they overuse the smaller muscle right above it. It's called the teres. Okay, that small muscle right at the top of the sh uh, right below the shoulder at the back of the armpit gets really overworked um, for a lot of people because they can't use their lats. For me specifically, I had shoulder surgery in college. I'm missing a ton of range of motion in my left shoulder. I cannot externally rotate my shoulder very well, so I have a really hard time using my left lat. So I have a lot of shoulder pain because I'm constantly overusing that smaller muscle. The other thing that happens is um, our traps get very dominant um, because we're living in that forward position. Our upper trap um, has to engage to do a lot of the stuff. So you'll see a lot of people with very dominant traps. It's pulling the shoulder up, not letting us able to use our lat. Okay, so those two muscles get overused, and eventually they get so tight that the body starts tightening them up to protect the shoulder, and you start getting that shoulder pain. Okay? Jeez, um, fascinating. So typically, it a lot of people will see it um, either when we're doing something in the front rack or a lot of shoulder to overhead work, but it also happens a lot from, from pull-ups. Um, so... Like, like we talked about, you might have done a lot of pull-ups one day, and then the next day you wake up and your shoulder hurts. So what you got to do is the first spot I always have people look is back of the armpit, mm -mm. laying on the ground on your side, reach over your head. Won't do it. It hurts. I will not put the lacrosse ball there. Yeah. It, it hurts really bad. <laughs> it you, is you, so painful. That's, that's typically a spot that has been tight for most people for a really long time because they've been sitting for so, for so long. Number two, the other one is to working on the trap, work on the trap. And this is something I've had to do a lot of recently. And I like to use the barbell for this just because it's hard to get the lacrosse ball on the top of the trap. But you take an empty barbell and you put it over your um, trap and grab it with your opposite arm. So if it's over your left trap, you grab it with your right arm, relax your left arm, move it around until you find a spot that really hurts. And then you kind of turn your ear away from it so you can really open up that trap. Those two movements will really loosen up those tight muscles that are getting overworked. Okay, so that's that. You do that three, three to five times a day, three to three to five days. The pain should go away. Now, we got to figure out how to get this from happening going forward. So what we got to do is get those shoulders pulled back 
we got to work on our both our internal and external range of motion with our shoulders. So um, the sleeper stretch is is one of the best ones for internal rotation. And you can Google this. You can also just Google internal rotation, uh, shoulder rotation stretches, and then external rot rotation shoulder stretches. And then you also – so that's going to give you that range of motion in the shoulder that you need. And then you also need to build up that upper back muscle to keep the shoulders pulled back. Okay, so the lower trap, so that we talked about the upper trap, which is by your ear, that gets dominant, but the lower trap is what is pulling your shoulders down. So for most people, that is not used hardly at all. So we got to build that muscle up. We do those by like the bent over rows, um, like a band pull aparts with, a, with the thumbs pace, facing out, that type of stuff. Um, and then also the upper back and the scap. So like, uh, you know, band pull aparts, external rotations with the band, stuff like that. Um, uh, why, uh, iron scap, YT stuff like that. You can Google all this type of stuff. I'm not going to go into specifics on it, but just know internal and external rotation stretches for your shoulder to be able to get full range so you can actually use the muscles needed and then building those smaller muscles that are going to hold your shoulder in the correct position. We talked about my shoulder, um, my, my elbow pain that I had when I was playing baseball in the last episode. All that was caused because I had super weak scaps in upper uh, I mean lower traps, so I couldn't keep my shoulders back. So whenever I threw, instead of those muscles taking the force, all the force would go into my to my arm and into my tricep, and my tricep would get overworked, and then it would pull on my elbow. So that was why my, I had all this elbow pain. If I would have just built up those muscles in my back to support uh, my shoulder, um, that pain would have gone away. So all right, let me let me make sure I'm listening correctly here and kind of serve as a translator for the common man you're talking about shoulder. The first one we're addressing is shoulder pain. Mm -hmm. So based on last episode, what you did there is you went upstream and downstream, mm -hmm. upstream trap, downstream lat. Right did, above the lat Terry's. Yeah. 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 So my shoulder pain is giving me an indicator that I've got something going on mm -hmm. in the rubber band, either upstream or downstream. Yep. And I got to work around and odds are, I think we should say this odds are when you start mashing around and working on, you're going to feel pain in both places. Yep. You know, you're going to have some work to do in both places, but yep. there's usually that larger knot or some some more acute pain in one area or the other. Yep. If you can get some relief there first, it'll it'll be faster relief, and you can work on over time. You can work on both. Yeah, whichever one hurts the worst, I would spend the most time on that. For most people, it's going to be the Terry's first, so back of the armpit, and then the trap second. Um, the mistake I see a lot of people make is <clears throat> my shoulder hurts, and they get the lacrosse ball and start putting it in their shoulder. Uh, up against the post that's not doing anything and then for the shoulder pain itself people some some people's shoulder were hurt in the front some in the in the side some in the back like i said it's different for every person but it's all caused by the same thing and so this is always somebody says my shoulder hurts and i'm like all right we're working on your this and they're like no my shoulder hurts i'm like i understand <laughs> your shoulder hurts i'm telling you why um sometimes i don't do a good job of explaining why i just tell them to do it and some people will do it and some people won't um but um, anyways, it, shoulder pain anywhere in the shoulder, that's typically what's going to cause it. Um, so that's going to be the first, number one. Number two is going to be low back. Okay, so we, we see this all the time, especially with men. For, for, for some reason, uh, the, the men is the low back pain a lot more than women. Um, the shoulder seems to be a lot more with women, and that's anatomical as well because, like mm -hmm. I talked about, the shoulders pull back. You know, women have different an anatomy than men that causes their shoulders to be rounded forward a little bit more. Um, men get it too, but the women is going to be more shoulders. 
Um, and a lot of guys, too, have done a lot of lat pulldowns in their life, so they have built up those those lats to be able to support. But the guys get it as well. But the guys is going to be a lot more low back. So this is going to come from um, tight hips. Just like we talked about sitting um, with the shoulders, when we sit all day, um, our hips get really, really tight. We cannot internally or externally rotate our hips, so we can't access our glutes. Okay, so our glutes, just like our lats are the big muscle mover in our upper body, the glutes are the big uh, muscle mover on our lower body. Okay, they're called gluteus maximus, okay, because it's supposed to be the biggest muscle in the body, most powerful muscle. But I always joke, you know, we got to turn those gluteus minimuses into maximuses because <laughs> you, you look at guys um, that, that sit at desk all day, they, they're it literally, they, they don't have anything because mm. it, it's so shut off because their hips are so tight. They haven't been able to use it. So as soon as we start picking stuff off off the ground, as soon as we start squatting, as soon as we sit on a rower, it, they, it gets so tight back there that it starts pulling low back starts hurting. Mm. People have this, this different conception about their back as opposed to anything else. They're so scared about back pain, um, that they think, Oh, I hurt my back. And, the, and they freak out about it. Whereas, any other part of their body, it's just pain, but if they're back, it's their back. Oh my gosh, I've really hurt myself. I'm, I'm going to throw my back out or whatever. But it's the same principle. It's just the muscle, just like everything else. So low back gets tight because our body is protecting itself. So first thing I always have people do is work on the glutes with a lacrosse ball. We talked about their, their minimuses. They haven't been used in a really long time. Um, so they start, they get really, really tight. Our body is protecting it. So we got to sit on the lacrosse ball. Um, so if you're sitting on your right side, you put the ball at the top of your right butt cheek, cross that right leg over your left leg and lean to that side. Okay. This is going to hurt really, really bad, particularly if you haven't worked on it in a really long time or if you sit a lot. I had you, to start with the roller for that very reason. Like yeah. I'm doing the same stretch, starting on the roller, mm -hmm. then graduating. Yeah, yeah. That so uh, if if you need to loosen up with the roller, but the lacrosse ball is what's going to allow you really get into it. So you want to do both sides on that. Um, so that's the main thing that I have people do um, for the low back. Um, now we can also sometimes look in the hamstring. The hamstring could be causing some of that, but it's typically going to be coming from tight glutes. And just like I talked about with the shoulder, it's, it's tight hips. We're missing internal and external rotation, mostly internal. Um, my favorite stretch for this is going to be the 90-90 stretch, and we do this a lot. But a lot of people just kind of go through the motions. If you, you got to do it right. So 90-90 is going to be nine, you're sitting on the ground with 90-degree angle on your front leg, 90-degree angle on your back leg. The angles are very, very important. And then you're going to lean forward um, to stretch the glutes out and that's going to be your external rotation. And then you're going to lean back and try to grab that back foot. And most people who are really tight, they usually can't even almost get up to sitting because their back, their internal rotation on their hip is so tight. Um, but ideally, you want to be able to put one leg on that back foot and the other one on your on your back leg. That's a tough part of that yeah, stretch. very hard. That's very the hard. skip there. People are like, oh, I'm yep. done. Yeah, and that's the one that most people need to do the most <laughs> exactly. of. Exactly. Um, so what's the upstream for the – that's the downstream. What's the upstream for the lower back? Um, so it's pretty much always going to be coming from, from downstream. below. Downstream. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, it, you know, we're not going to look – sometimes it could be from the hip flexor as well, which is another option, um, and we can work on stretching those hip flexors out. Um, we can do the couch stretch or whatever. Um, but for most people, it's going to be from, coming from the hips. Too many um, pillows at night. That's right. Sorry. <laughs> Bring it back. Yeah. Um, and then we got to strengthen those glutes up. So we got to 
number one, we got to get the range of motion to be able to actually use them. Um, and then when you actually start getting that internal range, uh, internal range of motion in your hips, you can actually start using your glutes when you squat or whatever. But we also do a lot of single leg stuff because a lot of times people are in balance. So like step ups, uh, lunges, um, reverse leg squats, uh, split squats, stuff like that, that um, glute bridges, stuff to get those glutes activated. So we're actually using them <clears throat> when we squat, when we deadlift. Um, and that's going to allow us to use those instead of our low back when we do movements. Um, Another thing with the low back, too, I see sometimes is when people pull from the ground a lot um, with bad technique, their hamstrings are tight. They can't really push them back and engage them. Um, the bar gets out of way from them, especially with lighter weight. And the, the, the bar will stay away from them for a lot of reps, and their low back will be sore. So that's another thing is getting that range of motion better so we can keep the bar close. Use the glutes and hamstrings when we're pull, pulling off the ground instead of our low back. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes, yeah, Don't go looking for the ghost problem when the – the actual problem is pretty yeah. pretty apparent. Yeah. All right. So we talked a little bit about this last episode because of your personal issues uh, with the injury, but knee. Mm -hmm. uh, I I think if you were to compete, like which one is the most scary for people? Back is number one because they feel like even surgery doesn't work there. Yeah. You know, that's the predominant perception. But also people are scared about knees because it's like if I hurt this, it's instant surgery. Yeah. There's a lot of fear around that. Yeah, there is. And uh, so we talked about it. The top of the knee is going to be coming from the outside quad. Um, bottom of the knee is going to be inside quad. Um, so the bottom of the knee, you know, they're going to call it patellar tendonitis. It was just inflammation in the bottom of your knee. Um, that typically comes from jumping a lot. Um, they, a lot. A lot of times they call it jumper's knee. Um, the The cause of this is the same as the cause for the for the low back. The, the missing internal rotation of our hip so we cannot use our glutes when we squat or when we jump. So if you'll see somebody who has patellar knee pain or bottom of knee pain, whenever they squat or jump, you'll see their knee cave in just a tiny little bit. And over time, they're going to overuse that inner quad because that, that quad is firing every time they do that to protect their knee. And eventually, it's going to get so tight that it, it starts causing inflammation. So inside bottom of the knee, uh, our bottom of the quad, so like around in the teardrop, is going to be where you're going to work on that spot with the ball. And then if the top of the knee, which is what mine was, which mine was coming from tight, tight um, uh, hips. Uh, back then, I didn't have a whole lot of butt, and so I wasn't really using my butt a whole lot. I was just using my quads, and um, so my quads got really dominant and, and overused and, and got tight. So. Um, working on the outside and this is going to, if it's on the outside, it's going to be mid to upper side of your, of your quad. Um, inside it's going to be a lower part of your quad, um, working those areas with the ball. The fix for this is going to be the same as for the back, uh, hip internal rotation, really working on that. So you see how important it is to get that 90, 90 stretch in. That's why we do it all the time. Do it correctly. If you do it every day, it will literally change um, how your lower body functions and during the lift, you know, t let's take the squat. For instance, the coaches at Cody are always encouraging initiate the squat with the hips, send the hips back, you know? Yeah. And if you see an athlete that can't do that, it's, it's most often not that they're unwilling to do it. It's like they can't do it. I, I see a lot of people when they squat their, their, um, uh, let feet are too narrow and their knees or their legs come in too much. And so their knees are like, it's like tracking straight over their toes um, and almost in, and then their chest has to come down. I like to see people widen their stance a little bit more and really push their knees out as they squat, especially on the way up, to really engage those glutes and, and um, use those. And you got to fight to get that range of motion. 
Um, so like the therapy squats up against the wall is, a, is another great way to be able to get that four inch of motion. But a lot of people just need to widen their squat stance out and really drive those knees out um, down and up to, to engage those glutes. Definitely. And, and we have to convince ourselves. A, a lot of people, um, a lot of athletes made this mistake. Well, the problem is uh, the lift was too heavy. You know, no, that's actually not the problem. Yeah. If you worked on your range of motion, you're yeah. 50 pounds stronger than what you're showing right yep. now. It's your range of motion. And and really what gets in your mental game is that fear of injury mm-hmm. and not being willing to get to that place of pain where you change what you're doing with your maintenance. So it's it's a really bad cycle we you trap ourselves in. You want to talk about in. performance. You want to add 50 pounds to your squat, get your glutes working. Yeah, I started doing um, glute bridges um, – and not, I probably was squatting less than I normally did, and I just started adding glute bridges and some other glute accessory work in. And my squat went up 30 pounds in like three months just from doing those because I actually started using I told it it's called the gluteus maximus. It's supposed to be the biggest muscle of your body. Look at people um, like gymnasts who have incredible range of motions. They're, they all have very strong glutes because they can actually use them um, when they're exercising. Um, so it's going to be a sign of range of motion. So um, I wanted to t- touch on a couple of small things that that, I, that I've dealt with in the past. Um, something I've been dealing with lately um, is heel pain. Um, and I was, it's funny. Uh, I was working on my, my, my calf for a while because I've had some issues from my calf before. And I finally found the spot in my, in my bottom of my foot right, right above my heel. And I've been working on it, and, and the heel pain went away. And I was talking about it with somebody at the gym, and they're like, Oh man, that sounds like plantar fasciitis. You need to be careful about that. Get the that. boot. Get yeah, the boot. Yeah, Save yeah. The boot. You, you you need to keep it on that. And it's just so funny that different mindset about pain. But I'm like, it may be plantar fasciitis, but to me, it's just inflammation. It's just pain. You, as soon as you put a name on it, all of a sudden you 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 build it up into this big huge thing in your head that, oh my gosh, this is this is awful. This is a terrible thing. And I have plantar fasciitis, or I have patellar tendonitis or I have shoulder impingement, like I'm going to have to do six months of work. And it's completely changing your mindset. Nope, my body's just telling me a little, I, I need a little maintenance work on the bottom of my foot. And I found the spot, and in a couple of days, my heel was completely fine. Whereas other people, oh, my gosh, I have plantar fasciitis. I need to get this boot. I need to get this done. I got to go see the doctor. I need to get these injections. And then it becomes this multi-year-long process where all it is is finding what's causing it. You need a little maintenance and work on it. And so – getting that changing that mindset of it's just pain don't freak out about it we can figure out what's causing it and and get it changed it can literally change your life i've been doing this over 10 years and i haven't had i haven't been to the doctor one time about anything i've ever had and i promise you i've trained more than anybody that's listening to this Mm. and i have probably worse range of motion than a lot of uh except for froning he's a he's a regular listener sorry sorry rich yeah and and my range of motion is worse than a lot of people that that train at the level i do but i just know how to take take care of my body. And I also have helped other people do that as well. So that's another thing, but this can apply to anything like, uh, semi headaches, tension headaches, like the back of their head hurts because they're, they're really tight in their traps. If you just release your traps, it can, um, it can, um, get that tension off from pulling on the back of your head. It's crazy that the body can, you know, injuries can manifest themselves that way, but I've seen, um, people have tension headaches and it's causing from from a knot in their trap so oh yeah so common and that's that's one that'll stop you in the middle of the workout yep. because of the level of pain so in summary i think we're giving a lot of freedom to our list listeners right now if you have shoulder pain uh low back pain or knee pain welcome to the process that's right welcome to the process right. don't panic 
It just means you're going to have to do another layer of things you don't want to do mm-hmm. other than pushing yourself to that place in a workout, and that's committing to the maintenance. Yeah, and I tell, I've told so many people that, to do this, and nobody has ever done it. If you really want to learn about this and um, change your, your life as far as your training life and your injury, um, developing and, and preventing injuries, go on YouTube, type in Mobility Wad, start on day one, by the time you get to day 100, you will have so much knowledge. It's it's mind-boggling how much free knowledge he put he put out there on these videos. And you'll you will have the best mobility you've ever had by far. The best year I ever had competing at regionals was right after I did all mobility wide stuff and I wish I would have continued to do it. And of course like an idiot I stopped doing it. <laughs> but I, and and then my lift stopped getting better, my performance stopped increasing because my range of motion started getting worse. Um, but you want to improve your performance, you want to improve your health, longevity, start doing this basic maintenance on yourself, learning about yourself, and you're going to save yourself a lot of heartache down the road. Uh, it's a uh, hard cut right there. Uh, now you're hearing me. Uh, ben had to step away because life. Uh, that sound, makes it sound dark. He had a lunch. <laughs> uh, he was hungry. <laughs> yeah. uh, but we're going to introduce our favorite segment. I haven't done it in a long time. Outside the box. All right. Self-applause. Uh, we're doing, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this one. It's uh, We're kind of late to the party on it, but uh, we're all just now getting caught up on, uh, on the actual miniseries and it's the last dance uh if you haven't watched it yet premature recommend but i'll do it it's so good it's like it's mind-boggling that they just sat on this footage for two decades almost it's incredible it's in my opinion no over sorry over two decades it's it's in my opinion the best documentary ever made yeah it was awesome i I watched it when it came out and i i kind of want to rewatch it again but you're so right like they had this footage for so long and I was wondering why they sat on it, and apparently Michael Jordan didn't want him to make the, the documentary, and then a couple years ago, Kobe Bryant and LeBron and a couple other people uh, at, like, the finals or All-Star Game Weekend or something convinced him to let him use it. So Nice. Yeah, and, then, I mean, they couldn't pick a better time to put it out but right, <laughs> no right at the beginning joke. of the pandemic. Which is funny because they've probably been working on it for, like, two or three years, and then just the timing worked perfectly to follow up Tiger King. Yeah, I know it wasn't finished when they started putting it out because they were they were trying to finish it before the last episodes came out. So I think they were – I didn't putting, know that. Yeah, they, they weren't done when they started putting it out. So what we wanted to do uh, – we kind of wanted to just kind of toss around some of our favorite moments from it. Uh, the the line of thinking I've taken with it is like, get I. What's always fun to me is getting backstories to things that I already knew a little mm-hmm. bit about. Uh, and the one that's the most fun for me that stuck out the second I heard it, I was like, that's awesome. Is all the backstory behind uh his sixty three point game against the Celtics, uh, his rookie year or second year in the league. I can't remember. If I can't remember which year it was. But broken NBA record, and the funniest thing to me is he still lost that game. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's how much he was carrying the team uh, on that away game. Uh, it's mind-blowing to me to hear Larry Bird talk about another player like that, yeah. uh, which, you know, the God in the form of Michael Jordan. That, that, that quote's been around a while. Yeah. But to hear him just go into detail about how dominant of a performance it was from this kid. Yeah. It, it's insane. That's one thing that stuck out to me was hearing how his peers talked about him, and you just don't hear that anymore. Like, 
I remember specifically Charles Barkley saying um, when they beat him in the finals, he said, that was the first time I ever had the thought, wow, I am not the best basketball player in the world. For somebody, those guys have incredible egos. They all think they're the best player in the world. Um, for somebody to actually say that about yep. another guy yep. just shows you how dominant he was. And I just love the way he played. I love the way he – the 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 talk, the smack talk he had. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just world, world-class world smack talker to these guys. And, uh, man, it's just – you just don't see that anymore. Yeah. And it's – what's crazy to me is that, like, even though it didn't exist yet, he took, like, this modern game we have now mm-hmm. and, like, just forced it to work in the midst of all this physical – defense and stuff yeah like the way they took it they finally took it to detroit uh after losing to him for so long yeah uh like just the, the dirtiest team in the league and like he just said all right you, you can literally knee me ha- however many times you want i'm still gonna drop 50 on you yeah it, that that's another thing that stood out to me was he was always taking slights whether real or he would imagine slights in his head just anything to get him motivated and you could tell what uh, the Pistons did when they walked off the court when they won, like he still hadn't forgiven Isaiah Thomas for that. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. he's still mad about that, and he's still mad about other stuff, but that just shows you what it takes to drive somebody to that level of performance that, quite frankly, nobody has ever um, achieved in the sport of basketball or maybe any sport. I mean, there's just a level of performance and dominance he had is just untouched, and that's what it took to get him there, and I don't know if anybody else um, could do that with without it. No, I mean Ryan Holiday talks about it, and uh, I'm sure that's where you're pulling it from. With stillness mm-hmm. is key. Uh, his uh, acceptance speech for the NBA Hall of Fame, and, and like started off as this nice speech, and then suddenly he just any and all yeah. slights he had in the back of his head, still he just rattled them off and he validated. Could, he it. couldn't let it go, and that's what made him great. But that's also you know it's a double edged sh- sword, and a lot of time our greatest strength is also our greatest weakness, and that was him, with him. Like he couldn't turn it off. And he still can't turn it off. Like he's still angry about stuff that happened to him 30 years ago. Yep. Even though everybody's like, Mike, you're the greatest. We all we all can admit it. He's still mad about something one guy said about him in 1986. Yeah. So what were, were there any moments like that for you in the? Uh, um, show? just the overall, just you know, obviously I watched him as a kid. I can remember, and I didn't like the Bulls. I I pulled against them just because they always won. <laughs> um, but I I remember. Uh, watching the Bulls and the Jazz uh, finals, uh, I was at the state uh, baseball tournament in New Albany, Mississippi, in yeah. our hotel room. Um, watching, I can remember watching. I was ten, uh, ten years old, watching it on TV and wanting the Jazz to win so bad. And then I think that was the either I think it was the first year the Bulls beat the Jazz. Um, but just going, you know, so I was a young kid at the time, but reliving all that stuff was just awesome to me. And uh, there were so many funny moments. I love hearing the guys talk crap to each other. You know, yes. I played baseball in college, and that was basically um, the bus rides and practice every single day was all just guys ragging on each other all day, every day. And so yeah. that kind of stuff just hilarious to me. And in hearing these pro guys, like one of my favorite moments was the uh, the dream team practice um, scrimmage when they were going at each other and yes. running their mouths the entire time, 100%. and just that they had the camera on them. That was so cool to to watch those guys and listen to them. And I love the part when they uh, <laughs> they got so heated, they almost got in the fight, and they get back on the bus, and nobody's saying anything. And then um, and then Magic Johnson finally goes, 
man, Magic, why'd you have to? Well, I mean, Mike, what you could have taken easy on us or something like that. And everybody <laughs> started laughing there back to normal. And I was just like, that just shows you how competitive these guys were. Even though they were on the same team, they had to win the scrimmage and they were all pissed that they didn't win. But then Magic realized, like, he said whatever else was thinking, Mike's better than all of us. Yep. And that broke the ice. And they all, from that moment on, established the hierarchy. Mike's the top of the top of the food chain. We're all below, and we all accept that. And it, up to that point, it was like they were fighting for that dominance. So that was really cool to see. Here's here's a question for you because I had to answer it myself after I watched it. Did this make you like Michael more, less, or stay the more, same? More, more. You like him more? Yes. Um, yeah, he's been portrayed kind of as as a jerk, and you can understand his thought process a lot more um, watching this. It made me like him more, and made me respect him more, and it made me. Um, Roz, uh, solidify for me even more that he's the best yeah. ever. Um, and you just compare his mindset that he had. And if you study excellence and high-level performance, he embodies all those characteristics and the the mindset and everything that, that they always talk about that all great competitors have that a lot of the guys that, that compete now, they don't have. Some of them do, but a lot of them don't. And Mike had that to a T, and that's why he – he just had he knew how to win and he figured out how to win um at all costs. So I think I, I like him I like him more. Cool. Um one of my favorite parts of the thing was when he was playing that quarters game with the security guard. And Everybody security, quotes that. That was so funny. And he he uh he, he, the security guard beats him, and Mike was so mad. And uh, he's like, his quarter rolled, and he's like, and your money's rolling right into my pocket. <laughs> I, just, I just love that. Like, this, you know, here's this multimillionaire, this world-famous athlete, and the security guard's talking crap to him as he puts his money in his pocket. I knew he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Overall verdict, great documentary. A++, 100, 110 extra credit. Yeah, go watch it. Yeah, AP classes level, awesome. If you hadn't seen it in, in – in the middle of a pandemic, what have you been doing? I know. Like this, if this is, there's no there's excuse. No excuse to, to not have seen it yet. <laughs> yeah. All right. Recommends. Uh, ben didn't give any on his way out, so I assume he didn't have any. Do you have any? This yeah. Uh, another movie, um, Field of Dreams. Classic <laughs> baseball movie. Yeah. Go watch it. I hadn't seen him forever. I watched him with my wife the other night. It's a great movie, but what it's, you know, what I didn't catch the first time around was just how much of a, it's, it's a baseball movie, but it's really a movie about, a guy in his relationship with his father who died um, and he had all these regrets about his relationship with his dad and the field of dreams was his way of being able to um, to finally connect with him and have a catch with him at the end, which is, is just really, really cool. And um, for it makes you feel for people who never were able to have that um, relationship with their dad, which I'm lucky enough to be able to do, um, but it just makes you appreciate it a lot more. But it man, it's just such a good movie, and it's heart wrenching at the end. Um, and and when you actually understand what the movie is about, it just makes it makes it so much better. So I would, you know, if you hadn't seen Field of Dreams at this point, and you're a baseball fan, shame on you. Go watch it. But if you hadn't seen it in a long time, go watch it again. I haven't seen it, Hunter. Are you a baseball fan though? Not like I used yeah. to. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, go watch it, Chase. Uh, counter counter recommendation: Go watch the rookie Dennis Quaid. A uh, highly underrated movie shows what it really means to chase your dreams and have your family have your back. Great movie, probably better than Field of Dreams. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen it. Uh, not really true. Uh, so, is it greatest baseball movie of all time? Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but it's a great one. I I would have to think about what the greatest baseball movie. Of maybe all time we'll do would. another outside the box. Yeah, about maybe it. so. Yeah. All right. See you.
the silky smooth sounds.